Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, do you ever wish your brain was wired like everyone else's? I am raising my hand here, especially as we have officially entered the holiday season here in the U.S. What looks so effortless for others during this time of the year can be completely overwhelming for moms with ADHD. So if you haven't already, check out the new free resource I created for you. Find the gifts and how your brain is wired with the free ADHD supports guide created just for moms with ADHD running neurodiverse households. Now, what I know about you is that unless it's interesting, important, and or exciting, you will not take the time for it. So I'm inviting you to consider yourself a detective as you discovered the most effective combination of supports for your unique version of ADHD. Now imagine feeling less overwhelmed, staying focused on what's important, having more control over your emotions, especially over the holidays, making peace with how your brain is wired, mastering decision-making, even if you struggle with distractibility, overwhelm, disorganization, big emotions, lack of focus, or hyper-focus. Now, you can find the ADHD Supports Guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD Supports, all one word, or you can find the link in the show notes. Now, before you head out to Target to fill your shopping cart full of stuff to give your loved ones this holiday season, have a listen to this perfectly timed rebroadcast episode that was so impactful, I knew it needed to be shared again. Now, during this episode, decluttering expert and founder of Motherhood Simplified, Krista Lockwood, and I talk about the emotional impact of clutter. We talk about the benefits of cluttering for the, the ADHD mind, how decluttering creates not only outward physical space, but mental space too. How decluttering is a form of self-advocacy that opens the door to consistent and impactful self-care. Now, Krista Lockwood teaches moms how to declutter declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. I love that. By finding the balance of having enough stuff, but not so much that it's overwhelming. Google mother, motherhood simplified and you will find Krista or grab her social links in the show notes. Enjoy this brilliant episode with Krista and don't forget to download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports. Enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Krista, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about this really important topic, um, especially for, for moms with ADHD. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. And I think that it will be really helpful for anyone who's listening in. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing today? Yes. So I help moms, specifically moms who still have at least some of their kids at home, maybe even grandkids, but they have some kids at home, um, declutter their houses mm -hmm. and simplify their spaces and their days, basically. And I, it's not something that I fell into on purpose. So I fell into decluttering 
and the power of having a simplified home by accident when my husband and I in 2013 decided that we were going to move from Alaska, where we were born and raised, to Florida. Wow. And yeah, we did it in about a month. Um, so it was very fast and it was very intense. But my husband woke up one day and he was like, What would you think if, because he's, we've actually both always been entrepreneurs. He's like, What would you think if we just moved out of Alaska to a big city where we can? grow and dominate. And I was like, okay, like nobody ever does that. Um, but then the next like week or two late, he had an interview in Florida. He accepted it on the spot and it was supposed to be that he was going to be able to come back for six weeks and we could figure out like how we were going to move there, what we're going to do with our stuff. And then they decided, actually, we need you here like next week. So if you want this, yeah, like you have to be here next week. And um, so he said, yes. And I agreed. And we had to figure out how to get from Alaska to Florida. And that's like basically the furthest point you can go on the continental. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) The literal furthest point you can go. And when we did the math, just adding up like what it would cost to bring our stuff with us and ship it. And we looked at creative ways, like, should we get a moving truck? and drive two weeks. Like I did not want to drive with three kids two weeks with a giant U-Haul. Right. <laughs> That's stressful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By yeah. yourself too. Yeah. And then like shipping cars and like all of this stuff, it just, it didn't add up. And mm-hmm. so we decided that we would just get rid of it all and bring a suitcase of stuff and start over and I don't recommend people do that unless you have circumstances like that, where it makes sense to do it, where we had this opportunity that we really wanted. It was good for our family financially. It didn't make sense to bring our stuff. It was actually more affordable to just get new stuff when we got there. Right. Um, And, and that's what we did. I stayed behind and I decluttered all of our stuff. At that point, I also owned a small preschool. And so I had to declutter the entire preschool as well. Wow. Krista. Yeah. And I did it in about four weeks time. It was very intense and I was living in a way that I didn't know was really overwhelming. Like Mm. I knew I was overwhelmed, but I thought that's just what mom life was. I thought it was never ending laundry, never ending dishes, like toy messes that just cover the span of the house and papers everywhere. And I thought that was normal. And then when we got to Florida, And we didn't have the clutter. My kids had one suitcase of toys, which I also don't recommend, but that was part of my experience. It was like watching my kids, like watching our entire family go from being really overwhelmed in our house and me joking that going to work was the easy part of my day. Coming home was the hard part to going Mm. to work and actually having to work two jobs to make ends meet when we moved to Florida and then coming home and it being really easy. Like we could actually come home at the end of the day. Everything was taken care of. My kids had fun. They helped clean up. They had, you know, all of those things that I was trying to get them to do all of the time of clean up their messes, clean up after themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, take personal responsibility. Remember to put your clothes in the laundry basket. Like they just kind of started to more automatically, not automatically completely, but more automatically just like get those things done. And The same happened for me, which, you know, I was always constantly like wondering, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I just stick to a chore chart? Why can't I stick to a routine? Why, why am I spending 
every weekend trying to catch up and never getting ahead. And those problems went away. And wow. Yeah, it was amazing. And they haven't come back. I'd say often, like not like I'm not trying to brag, but like I I have not been behind on laundry since 2013 when we did that. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's um and so it I didn't realize like that's what it was. I thought it was like we lived at the beach and so life was easy and Mm, and I really remember clearly wondering like when is it gonna get to that point again? Mm -hmm. Like that's normal, right? Like it's normal to spend your weekends catching up. It's normal to always feel behind despite doing things all of the time. And it just never happened. Like I remember our fourth, like we were a month in living in Florida and we had gone to the beach again. We came home, like everything was taken care of. And I was like, when is this going to end? Like, right. Oh, just waiting. Right. Cause that's the way our minds work. They're just waiting for the next thing. Yeah. But it didn't. And it wasn't until 2017 when I got pregnant with our fourth child and I was in a due date group where we shared our, we're all due at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so after we had our babies, we were sharing like how overwhelmed everybody was with the messes and the dishes. And we started doing this thing called house tours where we would show each other our houses. And my friends were like, okay, let's show each other our houses so that we feel better about it. We'll realize that we're not the only ones who have, you know, couches with laundry stacked on it. And when it got to be my turn, they were like, hold on a second. Like, how do you like, not like, we all agreed we would show the real deal of our houses. Like you cheated. Basically they were like, you cheated. We said we wouldn't clean before we did our tours. And, and I didn't. And it was then that I started to realize like, oh, like I used to have all of these problems. I used to have, you know, I used to have to do the dishes and then make dinner, like the dishes from last night and then make dinner. Right. And then do the dishes again. Um, I used to have laundry, just live out of laundry baskets. And I started to piece it together of like, oh, that stopped when we moved to Florida and we have a whole lot less stuff. And at that point we had also reaccumulated stuff. And, um, that's, that's how it started. I was like, you guys want me to help you declutter? And that said, is, yeah. That's crazy. I, and that, that awareness that you were able to see that, right? Oh, wait a minute. Like that difference, you know, the contrast between I used to live that way. And now I don't, that's, that's really, that, that's interesting to that, that, that self-awareness, that, that noticing that, you know, cause as you're moving through, you know, you did this thing, you moved and then you're just kind of living this life, but not really realizing that, oh, like there's been a huge change and I feel different and I'm seeing the other people. I'm seeing the other moms. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was kind of able to see all like, you know, the little pieces of their, their homes and their lives and the things that they were feeling and experiencing and remembering, like Mm. I used to have that now I don't. And I know that it's not because I'm really great at routines and calendars and chore charts because I'm still not good at those things. And so it was, yeah, it was interesting because I had about four years to live that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we never reaccumulated stuff to the degree that we did in Alaska, um, partly because I think, I think partly 
we were partly broke, right? Yeah, like right. I couldn't just go out and replace everything. Yeah. But I think the other part of it was that my, like my subconscious mind really enjoyed that space. Like just really enjoyed that open space. I remember walking through Target within our first mo- month of being there. And my husband and I saying like, we should go get the kids some new toys. And we walked through the aisles of Target and we're like, I don't think we really want to buy any of this stuff. Like right. they're happy with what they have. Wow. Um, and then we kind of got into, you know, a routine or a rhythm of, you know, stocking going all out for like birthdays and holidays when we want to get them things instead of like, it used to be like, let's go get them something from the thrift store every weekend, which is what I used right. to do. Right. Um, so yeah, that's how I got to where I am now and teach moms how to declutter, not all of their stuff. Right. I don't recommend that. <laughs> and I love that. What is that? What is the, the way that you say it, the, the, um, the not minimalism. So you don't, can, can you tell, you know, that phrase that, that I've heard you say it before and I've seen it on your website. That you're uh, declutter not... without becoming a full-blown minimalist yes. and then finding the balance of having enough stuff to meet your needs and your wants as a family, but not so much that it's overwhelming to you on an everyday basis. Because I think sometimes people think that decluttering or striving for simplicity or minimalism, which are really just buzzwords, mm-hmm. means that you're going to have to deprive yourself. And right. right. Yeah. I love the idea of minimalism, but the actual, it it does, it feels like, it feels like a diet, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, which, which, um, which is not something that I, well, any of us love to do, right? Because diet, diet, when we, when we think, or when I think of minimalism, I think of restrictive and we want more. And the interesting thing is that we, we are able to, and you are a living proof that we're actually able to live more abundantly with less. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think especially, so, um, you know, we're talking to uh, moms with ADHD and, you know, having, having kids, being a mom period is just, it's a lot, right. For, for all of us, for anybody. And then having children with ADHD. Now that's a whole other thing. And, but having ADHD yourself. So being a mom with ADHD and the overwhelm that we often, it's, it's kind of, you know, we, we tend to be the uh, deficit part of ADHD is really, it's so off because really we are, we are more, we do not have a deficit. (laughs) We have maybe a focusing issue. What's to, you know, what to focus on, but we receive everything and we tend to feel really overwhelmed. And Krista, I'm going to tell you, I, um, I love, again, I love the idea of minimalism, but the actual thought of it, you know, because there are things I don't, I'm not really a, I'm attached to things. My husband is, and that's a question I'm going to ask you after, because that's a whole other thing, right? And, and with kids, I know you work with the, like this, this idea of, um, of, uh, of decluttering with children. That's a whole other thing. I mean, you probably have a course just on that stuff, but, um, but I do feel like, and I know I'm not alone as mom with ADHD, is that every single thing, I'm looking around my office that needs to be cleaned right now, every single thing is calling for my attention. Or every single thing has, you know, some kind of meaning that is that is pulling my focus away. Can you speak into that? Because in, in how it's actually um, helpful for neurodivergent minds. Yes. 
yeah, I have a really good story about this that kind of paints the picture of it. And I think one of the, one of the benefits of the way that I discovered decluttering was that I got a really good extreme experience with it. Yeah. Um, it was just so obvious, but it, it makes it so that I can tell these stories and people can understand how to apply it and how it actually works. But when we went from Alaska to Florida, um, you know, I, I went from living with like going to bed at the end of the day, thinking about everything that I didn't get done, everything that I needed to do the next day, feeling bad about that, just kind of ruminating on it, trying to make checklists to get caught up. And that takes up a ton of mental space, mental and emotional energy. And then you wake up when you're a mom, not only is that to-do list still there, but then your kids are there adding to the to-do list because they need breakfast, they need clothes, they need to find their school stuff. You've got to do all of these things with them. And it's just so much mental energy. And I remember in Florida, probably two weeks after we had been there and my dad called me just to be like, Hey, how's it going? And I just started crying. I just was like, I don't like, I feel like everything's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's wrong. Like, why am I so upset? And it was because for the first time probably ever in my motherhood, I had space to just sit and think (laughs) and like hear my own thoughts to hear my own thoughts and sit with them. And it was kind of a scary thing, but when you clear those to-do lists from your head, it's kind of like when you go on vacation, you know, you walk in and it's like, oh, everything's like serene and quiet. And I can actually think (laughs) you're like, it's so nice. But when you do that and you're not on vacation and it's just your everyday life, then you have no choice other than to sit with your thoughts. And actually um, I mentioned it a little bit with you, before we started recording, but I started, I finally had the the space to actually go to therapy and start Mm, processing things from my childhood, which, you know, everybody, we all want to do that. We all want to process our childhoods or, you know, figure out how to have better relationships or how to actually care for ourselves. But when the thing that's at the front of our mind is all of the stuff that we're looking at, you know, pulling our attention. Like you said, it's really hard to do that kind of stuff. It's, you just don't have the brain space because you're looking at the pile of papers. You're looking at the pile of laundry, the, the toys, the, the things that you've got to deal with and right. organize and clean up and sort through. Um, it just, it, that's, it takes up a lot of mental space. And Krista, that's a brilliant point right there. Right. When we have all of these, you know, even just like I said, I'm, I'm looking around my office and, you know, oh, so-and-so gave me this and I've got this and, oh, this needs to be cleaned up and it takes up the mental space. And then in your home with all of the things and all of the, in the, in the chores and the, in the, in uh, the kids and all of that, it does take up all of our mental space so that we can't actually be the best that we can be for our kids, which is what we want to be, right? Because we're consumed with all of this. I love that story. I love that, you know, not that you were, not that you were um, feeling the feels, but you know, that's what, that's what I teach. I mean, we have to feel the feels and let them out. Um, But we, but we often stuff them down because we don't have time because we're taking, because we're overwhelmed, because we're taking care of all the things, because we have too much stuff. We have too many, too much, too much, too many objects, you know, too, too many physical things. We have too many, um, too many things in our minds pulling our, um, you know, drawing for our attention. Um, and, you know, I talk a lot in my work about you have to let go to let in. 
So what you did was you let go and you didn't really, you didn't even realize you were, you, that you were doing this, but letting go so that you can let in space. So you can let in life, you know, I really, that's a beautiful, beautiful point. And especially for us moms with ADHD or with neurodivergent minds that are constantly going, if we can just let go of some, some of that stuff, let it go so that we can not necessarily fill the space because we don't want to always fill the space, but that so we can let in what we really do want. You know, I think we spend so much time focusing on all of the things that we don't have time or allow ourselves the time to focus on what, what we do want. And that often does mean that we have to dig into our childhood or dig into, you know, big emotions, especially moms with ADHD, that the intense emotions that we tend to experience. So yeah, thank you for that point. Cause that's really, that that's really, and I love a, you know, I love a visual and I can, I can, um, I can, I'm, I'm visualizing that and you having that conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah. And like one, and I, I didn't all, used to share that story because I felt like it was probably unique to me. I was like, I like, I probably only a person who would declutter their house and then have like a, basically a breakdown <laughs> afterward. But once I started helping moms do this for them too, mm. they, they started asking like, is this normal? They would ask me the same things. Like, is this normal? Like all of a sudden, like I realized that you know, I was, I've always been frustrated with my husband because he puts his laundry next to the laundry basket instead of in the laundry basket, oh, gosh. he never helps with the dishes. <laughs> right. right. And then they declutter and they're like, okay, so we solved that problem, but we're still not okay. Like, I feel like there's something more going on here. Mm. Um, usually relationships are the thing that happens or it's finances where they they decide that happened for us too. Is like, we completely transform the way that we relate to our finances and spend our money. Right. Um, or all of a sudden you have space to do things like prioritize your physical and mental health or mm. emotional health and well-being. Um, and so once I started helping moms declutter their houses and they came back with questions of like, okay, I decluttered my house and now I'm feeling all of these things. Is this normal? Um, I started to see like, yeah, like it, it really is this normal. And I think um, part of it is because when you have all of this stuff demanding your attention, like you're you're really not in control. And especially if you're like me, where it's like, I, I need things out where I can see them because right. it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Yep. <laughs> but when it's out and I can see it, it's like really overwhelming and everything's deciding for me what I need to pay attention to when I was right. surrounded by so much clutter. I just, I, yeah, like I said, I just didn't have the brain space for it. It was like everything in my environment is telling me what to focus on. Right. And it's very confusing internally because it's like this big tangled mess that I can't untangle. I know there, I know the pieces of it, but I just can't seem to sort it out. And so clearing that clutter just made it so that I could, I could, I had less to untangle basically. Right. It's right. Like, okay. I can compartmentalize this a little bit. I can sort through it a little bit. I can understand it a little bit better. When you can uh, focus on what's important. Yes. Right. Yeah. Rather than all the things, all the things, right. all the things tend to have like the same amount of importance, you know, like this little thing, sometimes this thing that wasn't put away or that doesn't have a home yet. You know, I yeah. think that's, that's, and that, that's a whole other thing, but, you know, as you're talking about, about the stuff and the, the, the accumulating that we do, and especially with children, right. Um, but that the accumulating that we do and, 
and it kind of feels almost like like we do with food right when it's kind of a way to and i've heard this this um this said before that with our stuff it's kind of like um you know and hoarders are a, a different story but that we kind of it's kind of like a protective shield like you know how they say that we tend to um with our weight like we tend to hold on to the to to uh fat stores um because it's it's protecting something right and when you let go of the things all the things and and you know i know that you have a process and you're not just saying get rid of everything and i think actually you say don't do that <laughs> don't, do that it. is not the way to do it you you don't want to have a breakdown you don't want it to be hard you can do it over time which is what we need to be able to do it over time and methodically but it kind of feels like that uh, holding on to the stuff is a way of um of protecting ourselves and yes. um, from our emotions and from the things that um, that we don't necessarily want to deal with. But 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 unless we do let go, we won't find the space. We don't won't find the space and the the uh, the 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 time time, especially, you know, I mean, the stuff takes time. I have another story about that. Yes, please. <laughs> I love a story. Um, I love stories. Yes. Yes. So on that, like creating a protective shield around us, protecting our identities and even further protecting our false identities, I think right. is what it was for me. Mm -hmm. um, we do this. We definitely do it, you know, like with emotional eating, but we also do it with our stuff. And I had my identity so wrapped up in, like I said, I just thought that this is what, what motherhood was. This is just what mom life is always busy, always behind always catching up on laundry on the weekends, always trying to make jokes about the things that I actually want to cry about, like the fact that there's a laundry mountain on my couch, right? And so right. We, we share memes about like, how, have you seen that one where it's like, can you tell me how much laundry this holds? And the guy's like, ma'am, this, this is a dining table. <laughs> and like, you know, jokes like right. that, but that's right. because like, that's how we're living. And um I created this identity of like, that's just how it is, right? Like my house is always going to be a mess. I'm always going to be a hot mess. I'm always going to be super busy. I'm always going to be annoyed that my husband doesn't help enough. I'm always going to be mm. griping because my kids are such slobs and they don't ever help. And mm. <laughs> there was a big span of time. Like I said, when I got to Florida, I didn't really understand what I had done, but I, you know, my house was easy to maintain. And so when we would invite friends over, you know, I would host like, play dates or whatever at my house. And people were like, wow, your house looks great. And even though I wasn't spending any, like a whole lot of time on it, I would still say things like, oh my gosh, yeah, it took me so long to get ready for this. Right. And that was a lie. Like I was oh, literally- Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. I was just lying because right. I was so used to that being part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing that I could say that would make it so that I could relate to other people. And I clung to it. I clung to it for years where I was almost embarrassed to have a house that was easy to maintain with wow. three kids and working. Right. Um, and I've let that go now. Yeah. But, um, you know, part of it was like prior to decluttering, part of it was also putting on a facade of like shoving, <laughs> shoving things into the closets and under the beds before people came over and right. still lying and being like, look at this clean house I have. That's like 
you know, don't open the door and don't look under the bed. Right. Don't look in that closet. Don't open that bedroom door. Exactly. And then it opens. I, I have this, this, this visual of the, the, the closet, you need to get something out of the closet. And then you're like putting your foot up, trying to, in your hand, trying to keep everything in so that you just get that one thing out before it all comes yeah. tumbling down. Yeah. 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 So it was interesting that before I decluttered, I was, you know, putting on this facade of like feeling like I had it all together. And then after I had decluttered and I did have my house together, I was putting on a different facade of like, I'm still really busy. Um, and then eventually it leveled out and I was just like, if you want to come to my house, this is how it is. Like, right. <laughs> however it is, we is are. How it is. And right. Right. Um, yeah. and I think you're right. Like there is, there is, um, we have shame around our, we want the stuff or we, you know, like this is, I don't, a lot of it, a lot of it is, you know, they talk about retail therapy. I don't necessarily have that because I don't have the patience for like, um, for shopping. I don't, I don't, I just don't have the, I want things, you know, but I don't have the patience for it. But, um, but that we, uh, we surround ourselves, it, Chris, that thought just, it just went right out the door. <laughs> it's oh, in yes. the closet with all the other things. I think. <laughs> I know that that's anyway. my life. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're talking about this, um, uh, talking about decluttering and, and, um, and making the space, right. Making the space for whatever it is that you want to let in. And we don't always want to let in the feeling, the feels, but we have to let it, we have to be able to feel the feel so we can let them go. Right. So we can make space for the goodness. Now, it sounds to me like this is, uh, this is part of self-care really. I mean, I, I, and I think you talk about this, don't you? That, that as self-care. Yes. Yes, I think that for moms, decluttering is or can be a form of self-care, but I also think it's a form of self-advocacy. Oh, beautiful. Like before, yeah, before it really becomes self-care, um, and this is kind of a newer thing that I've been trying to figure out, I think it's mm -hmm. self-advocacy. It's mm -hmm. you deciding like, this isn't working for me, it's not working for my family and I am going, I'm going to change it. Right. Especially it's especially a form of self-advocacy. If you have a spouse who's not on board, right. Mm, and, right. or you have kids who don't want to get rid of stuff, you advocate for your needs by decluttering your stuff and mm -hmm. the kind of common area spaces where you, you get to make the decisions on those things. And right. this is going to help me, but you also know that it's going to help your family long-term. And I think that's really important is advocating for yourself. And I think it's something that moms struggle with advocating for themselves, prioritizing themselves. And it's one small way that you can do it without being like, well, I'm going to go spend a bunch of money and advocate for myself and take a spa day or go on a trip. It's like right. advocating for yourself in a way that's really helpful, um, beneficial for you and your family. And then eventually it can be, you know, like what you would qualify self-care. I think self-care, we mm -hmm. think of more like fluffy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Self-care is very different for me. Yes. But yeah, but, but yeah. This, this falls into that category. Yes, it category. does. Category. <laughs> category. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. And I, 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 I ultimately think they are the same, but I think sometimes if we call it self-advocacy, people are more receptive to it, right? Because- yeah. 
I like that stigma attached to it. It is something that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've told people before, like, and I, I think part of the thing that gets moms tripped up too is like, nobody wants to be like, oh, well, chores are my self-care, right? All right. But if you can reframe it and be like, no, like creating a space that is easy for me to be in is self-care, right? Making my space, if like, I really like to, like I'm very visual. And so I like to create a beautiful space, a beautiful, simple space. I don't really care like about the trends or anything like that, but I do want a beautiful space that feels good for my family to be in. And I think that is self-care too. Right. Um, So yeah, I think it's, it's advocacy, it's self-care and it's something that will trickle into the other areas of your life, which I think might also be why when moms choose to consciously declutter, they end up also taking the path of like, getting into therapy or right. rebuilding their relationships or prioritizing their health or mm-hmm. creating and sticking to a financial plan. Um, because they've, they've had the practice of like, I did something for myself and it felt really great. And I would like to do that again in a different way. Cause so, I mean, there's only so much that you can declutter, <laughs> right? Right. Eventually you're going to have to put that energy into something else. And the great thing about decluttering is that not only do you declutter and then you're done, but you've also just reduced your workload in your home and right. just created so much more space and time and energy for yourself to actually do those things. So, and it kind of seems like from what you're saying is that it almost makes more sense to take care of our outer space because this is what I know to be true when, for me anyway, when my outer life is chaotic, my inner life is chaotic. Right. So it sounds to me like we might actually need to do some of this outer work um, of clearing our space, creating beautiful spaces for ourselves and our families so that we have the capacity to do the inner work because we're not being called by this is brilliant. This is a this this makes a whole lot of sense. Like up until this moment, I I'm all about ever since I was a kid, like I was the kid under the tree reading um, self-help books and, and, um, and, uh, and personal development like that. I'm, I was that kid and I continue like, that's my thing. So, but meanwhile, and books are another thing we could talk about that in a minute because I am a book. I have a book, you know, if there's one thing I buy is books, lots of yeah. them. Um, but that we might want to take Krista's um, lead on taking care of some of the outer stuff so that we can focus on the inner stuff. Yes. Yeah. I do think that, so I do think that the simplest place for people to start is their physical environment because it just automatically clears up that inner environment. Right. Um, and for me and the majority, there's been like just a tiny little handful of people who could do the inner work first. Mm -hmm. And then, cause I, I have a couple different offers that I put and I've experimented with them. There's two people out of like the there's been about a thousand people that I've actually helped mm-hmm. only two people that I can think of where they did the mindset part first, and then they were able to declutter their house. Okay. The majority of people find the most success when they just declutter their house mm. and it clears up that space. And, um, I don't know why, but that's just what I've seen. But in Florida, again, before I knew that decluttering was a thing that people could like do on purpose or was something that people actually talked about. I don't even think the word declutter was in my vocabulary, (laughs) but 
when I was a teacher at the preschools, I actually fell into always being in this kind of role where people would hire me as a consultant to come into their classrooms and help in the particularly challenging classrooms where there were behavioral issues and Mm. the teachers were wanting help with creating, you know, what they, what they wanted is a lot of what the moms come to me for first. They want, you know, a chore chart. They want an organizational system. They want something that will make it so that they can manage their environment and they can manage behaviors. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing that I would do is go through their classroom with them and reduce about half the amount of stuff on their shelves. Right. And like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that it worked mm-hmm. and we would simplify the space. If they had a whole lot of stuff on the walls, you know, like posters and colors and big things like that, we would take them down, make the room less overstimulating. Right. And I knew that much because I'm Montessori trained and Montessori is very much about the environment. So we would right. do that first. And they, most of the teachers would be resistant to it because they're like, no, I just need help with this one kid who's always throwing blocks or this one kid who's always biting people. And I would be like, he's probably overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard not to be overstimulated when you're three in a classroom of 20 kids. Right. So we can reduce the overwhelm in the classroom. And every time, like we would stay after class, do it. And the next day the kids would come in and they would be quiet and they would be observing mm-hmm. and they would be interacting with things. Like one of the things that one specific example, because most preschool classrooms, if you walk in, they probably have a bucket of like 30 markers and a giant stack of paper. And I would tell the teachers, let's only pull out three or four red markers and watch how the kids color. Watch mm, what happens. Right. They're not going to be ripping through the markers. You're not going to be going behind them and being like, put the lid on the marker, put the lid on the marker. They're mm-hmm. going to have a piece of paper. They're going to have their one marker and they're going to be able to sit and actually focus on what it is that they're creating. Wow. And then when you do that with blocks, you go from having four or five different types of blocks to just one type of block mm-hmm. and they go in and they can, they're not overstimulated. They can see clearly what the work is that they're doing, right? right? What are they creating? And the behavioral issues would go way down. Hmm. And not only would those automatically go down because the stimulus was lower, but it gave the teachers space to redirect when they needed to. It gave the teachers time to observe why is he biting, right? When does he bite? Because when you're in an overstimulating classroom, all you hear is, oh my gosh, he bit somebody again. Right, right. (laughs) And you're like, why? And how did this happen again? Um, but the same thing happens in our homes, right? Mm-hmm. If if your kids are, if you are overwhelmed and overstimulated, whether you're neurodivergent or not, your kids are also going to be overwhelmed and overstimulated, right? Especially if they are neurodivergent, it's just exactly way harder that way, and right. so. I did that in classrooms. I did that in several classrooms and it was really fun. It's one of those things that I could see in hindsight that I did of like, oh, like that's what I was doing. (laughs) Right. Right. But that makes complete sense, right? Yeah. That we're just giving, you know, this is kind of a, um, this off topic, but it's one of the reasons that I like Aldi because I just have just a couple choices. (laughs) Yeah. 
it just makes life easier going into a huge and, and it, this is like going into i was a teacher too i was a preschool teacher and we okay. used to do the same thing we like used to not with the markers that we had that overflowing thing of markers and crayons but we had the toys we'd we'd pull out the bins and put them in the closet right and so and and maybe once a week or every couple of weeks we'd pull out something different and replace and they would be like oh, Oh my gosh. And then they have this one that it was a really interesting how excited they would get rather than when everything is all out at the same time. You know, I, I, I love that. I love that. Um, I love that story. And that is so true. You know, when we, and I try to do this with my kids, I think we started with too many things to begin with, but I tried really hard to keep, okay, this is where the cars go. And this is where the, but they did all end up out. But I love that idea. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we all said when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have all these toys. We really, you know, we we would play with whatever. We played outside is what we did. We played outside. We played, we played kick the can without even a can with a tree. <laughs> you had right. to go and touch the tree. Um, but these days, it, it and it's interesting too because the you know my kids would go into other people's homes and oh they you know there's all this want I want I want I want and then you know sometimes we give in but you you have managed to keep your um, keep your home in a space where everybody and I'm looking at your beautifully beautiful lovely simple space behind you it's lovely and it's beautiful and it's simple. You know, I love that. For me, that that helps me to breathe. You know, I my um my kids, though with my family, they know we live in a ranch. When I walk down the hall in the morning, I have this thing like if I can see the counter and that like and I can look straight down the hall into the living room and everything is put away. I just have like this peaceful I wake up peacefully, you know, I walk down the hall into the kitchen in a peaceful way. And, and you were saying something about, so, which brings me to a couple of questions. How do you get your family on board? And what if you have a spouse who like, I feel sometimes like I mean, we joke and say that my spouse, my, my husband was, um, he must've in another life, he must've been through the depression because he cannot get rid of anything. So how do you deal with that? Um, so the first place to start is with your stuff and leading yeah. by example. Um, I know that's not necessarily a fast answer, right. but when you do that, when you decide I'm going to declutter my clothes, I'm going to declutter my office, I'm going to declutter my crafts mm -hmm. or my books or not to come for the books. Cause I think if you, the point of decluttering is so that you have space for the things that you want, like books, right. um, but leading by example and just showing them like I'm doing this for me, I'm not making you do it. And then letting them see how things change for you and share with them the process of like, it's so nice to walk into my closet and actually have things I can see that I want to wear. Cause it right. used to be that I walked into my closet. It was full of clothes that I didn't wear. Yeah. And I was like, why am I surrounded by clothes? And I still have nothing, nothing to, wear. to wear. So frustrating. Right. 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 <laughs> um, and just sharing with them what that looks like. Do the same thing with your kids, showing them, including them in the process, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe asking them like, do you want to just keep me company while I go through my clothes? 
Do you mm-hmm. want to come help me do something simple and non-threatening or non-sentimental like the bathroom cabinet or under the kitchen sink? And just baby steps, really. Mm-hmm doing, you know, after you do your specific stuff, moving into community type areas, like the kitchen, like maybe you have three drawers of like spatulas and whatever. Uh, There's one mom, she's a good friend of mine. She was one of the first people I helped. She had 17 whisks. And we always joke about that Wow. where we're like, Danielle, when will you ever even like, even if you invited all of your friends over for a dinner party, when are you ever going to use 17 whisks at once? Like, even if you reduce it, yeah. Like, even if you reduce those by half, right. Half, you know, you'll have seven or eight. That's Mm -hmm. still enough whisks. That's still, because you only have two hands, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I'm like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, And, you know, some, some families have allergies, so they do have to separate them, but still like, Maybe you have three drawers of utensils and you can reduce it down to one or one and a half right. um, and show your family. Like it's so much easier to keep mm. up on dishes. Maybe you can reduce your travel mugs or your coffee mugs or your glasses by half right. and just show them. Don't pressure them and then get curious about them. Like mm-hmm. you're so, you know, just ask them questions like, okay, so you don't want to get, you haven't worn any of these clothes for 10 or 20 years, what is it that's making you want to hold on to them? And what will happen if you just get genuinely curious about why they're keeping things, they'll tell you and you can understand them. Right. Mm, And you'll be like, Oh wow. Like you grew up and you, you didn't have clothes. And so you're resistant to letting them go because you're afraid. Right. Maybe you won't get any, or maybe you were bullied as a kid for the clothes that you wore Mm -hmm. um, or whatever. And you'll, understand where they're coming from and right. give you some patience or even better, they'll be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind right. of weird. You're right. Like, why do I keep these shirts with holes that I don't wear? I should get rid of them. So being genuinely, genuinely curious will help both of you. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not the, I have tried the forcing in the past and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, really doesn't. Yeah. And, and re- early on in our marriage, I um, I would go through his drawers and um, and uh, take stuff out, and then that I will never do that again. That was a long time ago, and I will never do that again. And I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me either. I don't know. I think I was just so like, oh my gosh, what do you don't need this from high school? You really don't. But that's. Right. But I like the curiosity, and that's really that's a great. Um, a great way to enhance your relationship too, instead of the judgment that we might, you know, turning it around curiosity instead of, instead of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know for, for us, it's that, you know, my husband, I don't know if he's going to want me to share this. I don't think he'll care, but you know, he, he grew up, they didn't have a lot of money. And so he was just like, I have white t-shirts and that's it. And so now I think he really enjoys being able to spend his money on clothes that he enjoys. Like he's a creative Mm. person. He likes colorful clothing. Right. And he likes variety. And now he can have that um, and give that to himself. And I'm like, then go for it. But another thing that, yeah. Yeah. Another thing you can do if it's their stuff that's taking over, you know, spaces in the home that maybe you're mostly responsible for, Mm -hmm. or it does impact your days is just setting up physical boundaries of like, go ahead and keep all of your stuff. But 
it can't be spilling out into the kitchen because that makes my life very hard. And I think if you come from a place of like sharing why it's hard for you Mm -hmm. um, and how they can actually change it and fix it, they're usually really receptive to that and they do want to change, right? They're like, okay, Mm, you're right. My tools on the kitchen counter are very inconvenient. I will keep all of my stuff in this area of the garage. Just don't touch it. I'll make sure it's all all here. Right, right, right. Um, Yeah. And coming from a place of how you feel and not make mm -hmm. it about them. And when, Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Krista, you have shared so many great um, tips and ideas and the stories really help my mind. (laughs) I don't know if this is for all moms with ADHD, but I can, I I love to be able to picture something in my mind. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, this show is all about, um, possibility and stories, more stories. So do you, can you tell us about a time in motherhood, um, when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible? Yes. So I thought about this question when you asked it, because I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it, because I don't have an official ADHD diagnosis. I don't know if this is something unique to this, but I really tend to overestimate what I can do. Hello, ADHD. (laughs) I'm not diagnosing you, Krista, but we have, I I can't remember what it's called. Time. We have a problem with time. Yeah. I'm blindness. Yes. (laughs) I'm blindness. That's it. Yes. (laughs) So I've always overestimated what I could do. And because of that, I don't think I've ever felt like anything I want to do is impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I just go for it. I, there are things in hindsight where I'm like, I'm going to do that. And people told me it was impossible, but I was like, why would you say that? I can literally do anything. Right. <laughs> so naive. Um, so naive. And it does end in a lot of time crashing and burning. So I don't recommend it. But um, I mean, I graduated high school at 16 because I was like, I can't be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I got to get out and do something else with my right. time. So I graduated early. I went to college about a year later. I worked through college. I had two babies during college. Wow. <laughs> and was able to graduate, not with great grades, you know, C's get degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I did that. And I've always just been able to create some kind of a career for myself that allowed me to also be available. And with my kids, if I don't know if you do video podcasts, but you know, you can see my toddlers running around in the background. And a lot of people still tell me like, that's not possible. Right. Or, but I, but I do it because I'm probably naive and, (laughs) but living proof right there, your kids were just, they're walking around and doing whatever. And here you are (laughs) on an interview. I can see you. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know. I think some things I just feel like impossible probably isn't in my, in my vocabulary. Mm, I and I don't think it's because I like, <clears throat> I think it's because I'm naive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But, and I don't want to change that. No. Why would we want to change that? You know, no, I love that. I love that. And yeah, we, we, um, I, I, so I used to, before I found out that I had ADHD, I, I used to think it was an Aries thing that I was just like, I would just like go, you know, like nobody's going to tell me, you know, okay, you can tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't do something, but I'm going to go and do it anyway. And like head first, like that Ram, the Aries Ram. Um, 
but I do think it has a little bit to do with the ADHD as well. And that's okay. It's a beautiful part about me is, is, and that also like nothing is impossible. Like, I mean, there, there, we, we can, we can, there are workarounds, right? We don't have to do it. I think the cool thing is you are a prime example of possibility that we don't have to do it the linear way, right? And that's not the ADHD way anyway. And honestly, that's not really the way life is. Life is not linear. Life is, life is, it flows and it's, you know, it's circular sometimes and it's, but we've tend to set life up as if it is linear. It's really interesting. I don't know why we do that to ourselves, but anyway. And I think the hyper-focus is also a gift. Um, I know for sure I've got that. I guarantee you that's why I've been able to do a lot of things that sound impossible is because I get that hyper-focus and like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it all. I'm doing it now. (laughs) Well, Krista, you are a vision-driven mom. I mean, that is what that, that's what it means to live a vision-driven life that you, you, you're, you're moving towards something, you know, that's interesting. That's the thing about ADHD too, is that it's got to keep our focus. It's got to keep our attention. Um, you know, lots of things are important, but it's got to keep our attention. And that's a beautiful thing. So Krista, this has been an amazing conversation. It's lovely to meet you. Uh, we've been in the same circle for several years now, I think. And, um, and I'm glad that we finally got to meet. And can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Because man, we need you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so motherhoodsimplified.com mm-hmm. has everything on there. Um, if you like community, you can join the Facebook group. There's about 40,000 moms and we're always decluttering together. There's on my website too. You can find the link for that. You can find the podcast, which I have little blog posts to recap each each podcast. If you don't want to listen, you can get the recap, um, free guide, courses. There's everything there for you. Sweet. Okay. And the podcast is Motherhood Simplified too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to check it out. And if you listen, have a little listen and you definitely want to subscribe to it. Krista is amazing and she has amazing guests and and shares so much in little bite-sized pieces too, which I love. Like your, your, your lessons are, your lessons are, are, um, are easy, easy to grasp. So, so thank you. Yeah. Krista, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your brilliance with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.